Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Thursday, the twentieth of July. My name is Ben, and joining me as always, it's Andrew. How are you, Paul? Welcome to Happy Hour. No, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, obviously, we got a bit of stick last one, didn't we? So we're, we're trying to we're trying to bring things around this one. So yeah, we we we. I was slightly surprised. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot hate. of hate. <laughs> a lot of people said we were. Um, negative on the last one and uh well fair enough i mean we, i can't pretend we were all um you know cheeriness and and light-heartedness were we i think we were trying to take a a realistic state I to look like, at it, I, I, i'll defend us to if we were too negative saying that we recorded on the morning that it came out that and i looked like it would definitely leave him which didn't didn't help things yeah and we hadn't signed any new players at that point we didn't have a no. kit so um, you know, there's a, basically United looked like they were in a holding pattern, and it looked like we we're about to lose our best player. Um, yeah, I th- you know, I, I, I would defend us a little bit. I said that, uh, you know, I said that signing Ben Osborne and uh, Jack Robinson were good things, and uh, I stand by that. I said that all the players being out of contract next summer, I could see the upside of that. I'll stand by that as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. People obviously, uh, I don't know. Some people took issue with our people uh, are entitled to their own opinions, and all I'll say is. Triple point, first day of the season, 12 o'clock, skin on skin, fight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that for a second. Um, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> stuff has now happened with United. Well, we're like a, a week on from that. Um, so we've got actual news to cover, which is nice. Played two friendlies since we last recorded, I think. Yeah. Do we, we haven't yeah, played Chesterfield. Uh, Chesterfield and uh, well, yes. what are they called? Esteril keep... or Esteril, yeah. I imagine. I just, every time I try to pronounce it, I said the, bill, uh, the beer, Estrella. Uh, so, yeah. Close enough, I suppose. Um, and also, also, in a direct response to anyone who thought it was too negative last time, <laughs> uh, and to also just, you know, make us feel feel better ourselves, I suppose, we're going to do 10 things that we're excited about for next season. Oh. So we're going to run through, um, yeah, some things that we are looking forward to about this coming season. But first... Before, so we obviously spent quite a bit of time talking about the Njai situation last yeah. week, and I think it's even though you know this is still speculation rather than like actual confirmed news, I think it probably is worth just touching on that again because things, dare I say it, mate, Touchwood, things do look a lot more promising there than when we last I, spoke. This is the reason, genuinely, that. I'm I am more like upbeat this week and more excited because, as I said, we recorded on the morning that we found out that he, he would definitely go in the part by the sounds of it, and now it's looking the com- now it's looking like the best case scenario where he's going to sign a contract, which is the uh, that's better than I thought. I thought mm. the best case scenario realistically would be he's going to run down his contract or get a year out of him. If he, if we manage to get him a contract, that is absolutely incredible from the club, whoever's whoever's managed to get him to stay or whatever, and obviously from Indy as well. I don't want to get too carried away because I don't want to like get my hopes up and then wake up tomorrow. It's like oh, he has gone. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to go on. I think even if he signs a contract, the, the rumours might still go on because I imagine there'll be a release clause in it. So it's not as if it's you know. I think if he signs, we're ninety nine percent in the clear, but. There is still that one percent that someone comes in with a mad bid, you know, a thirty million pound bid or something, and he goes again. But it's a lot, lot. It's, we're in a lot better position than we were last week. Look at it, anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I spelled that out as like my fantasy best case scenario is he signs a contract with the understanding that we'll let him go at the end of the season. I, yeah. We get a season out of him, and we get money for him when he does go. 
And I think I almost undersold that to myself as how great a situation that would be because it's absolute win-win. We we get value for a really good player at the end of it. He gets to go to wherever he wants. You know, if somebody yeah. meets a what I assume would be a fairly modest release, like twenty million or something around. Yeah, around and that's figure. better than we're all going to get though. This it's better than zero. Was, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Zero. That's yeah, fantastically better than, better than zero. Yeah, and I think you said before uh, like about a month ago that the best case scenario would be like a, a Pedro situation where. He's on a five-year contract at Watford, and obviously he's gone now to Brighton. I think he's gone to Brighton anyway. Uh, yeah, I think he went. You know, had a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a year out of him, didn't they? I think um, yeah. last season, and he, he didn't work, but they still got money for him. So yeah, exactly. So um, fingers crossed. I, I, I don't know. The noises on that seem to be that he's more likely to stay than leave at this point, which is the opposite where we were last time we recorded, mm-hmm. which is great. Let's see. Um, I, I think everyone everyone who's uh, this way inclined is probably refreshing Twitter constantly and yeah. looking for, um, you know, trying to read the metaphorical tea leaves on signs that he might be staying. I'm going to throw Jez yeah. Garrett under the bus here. He was tweeting, <laughs> his last, tweeting his last night saying that Njai had changed his Instagram name from uh, the number on his in his Instagram handle from 29 to 10, but unfortunately not. It's been like that for... Uh, Don't, give for it up, though. Don't give it up, Jazz, because, uh, you know, I don't know, Jonathan Creek won't give up if he got one thing wrong. He'd keep on <laughs> looking for things. So, you know, keep, it, keep up the detective work, Blades. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Njai should definitely keep the number 29, by the way, if he stays. Uh, like, preserve the song. I know it's not the most original song in the world. He has to, yeah, either give him 29 or number 9. Um, that's the only way it's going to work. So yeah. I heard someone say like they could change it to he plays in the red and white, but I just think that sounds a bit lame. So. It does. It does, yeah. He's in 29. Leave him where he is. Um, so fingers crossed we get better, even better news on that. Um, yeah, in, in, I guess, the coming days and weeks. I mean, the, a great... I, I was in the camp of, like, I'd rather keep him for the season and lose him for nothing than sell him for 20 million or whatever right now because I just want to have that roll of the dice of him being here next season and also yeah, and I, the enjoyment and I said, of it. I, yeah, and I said I, I said last week, and I probably still believe this to be honest, I can't change, but I'm not going to lie just for the sake of it. I, I said I don't think he'd be the difference between staying up and, and going down because I think we've got more work to do. But we're not going to get a player who's going to give us that chance of, be, of being the difference. There's no one else who's going to come in it was going to be better than him. So if we are going to have a chance of staying up, I think this is more important than any signing. Mm, absolutely. Well, we're going to return to Njai, uh, I'm sure, in our mm. things to be excited about for next season. I've certainly got something addressing his hopeful presence in the team. Um, yeah. Three new players since we last spoke. This is we, yeah. we Once again, again came through for the fan base, mate. We recorded a podcast. The next day, uh, Anis Slamani had signed uh, much... Yeah. Uh, long rumoured, I suppose. Um, then we signed uh, Yasser Larushi. I believe I've pronounced that right. You can is, say that, mate, all day long. I'll stay away from that one. <laughs> fair enough, yeah. He's a French under-21 left-back. A bit out of nowhere, that one. Like, it just sort of popped up out of nowhere. Um, he used to play for Liverpool's under-23s and then has been yeah. in uh, in Ligue 1 in France last season. And then Benny Traore, who's been playing in... Um, Sweden with Hacken, yeah. uh, a sort of Ivorian winger turned striker who also signed a couple of days ago. So, yeah, yeah. three signings. I want to kind of talk about them all, just generally. I suppose I think the the place I'd, I'd start is the ages of all three of them. So, mm. Slamani twenty two, Larushi twenty two, Triore twenty. That is encouraging. I think you know this feels like players who. Um, 
uh, are kind of poised to take that next step. I mean, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. where these have been playing. So uh, Slamani was playing in Denmark, wasn't he, um, with yeah. Bronby, I think it was, Bronby? Yeah, that's yep. right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Traore, as I said, was in Sweden. Uh, Larouche was in in you know a big five league last season, but he was um, playing for a team that got relegated. So th- these are all players with a bit to prove, and obviously at that age, real potential to develop over the next couple of seasons, as well as hopefully make an impact this season. Yeah, I think um, th- there's uh, there's two ways. I see like some of the extreme views on on social media. There's a lot of high fiving about players who <laughs> no one's ever seen play. Like these these are the signings we need to make, and then the other hand, like not heard of these. This is rubbish. We need some proven experience. I think I don't think anyone knows how these are going to go, and I think even you know I think Heckingbottom would probably accept that as well. Mm. We've brought them in on potential rather than ready made, which is what we have to do because the we were. I think we. This is famous last words, but I think we are using the budget in the way that we should be and taking a gamble on mm. certain players rather than going for, I don't know, putting all your money out on Danny Ings. Or someone yeah, like, like Akpom you know I mean? or something like that. Yeah, 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 something like that. Someone who's coming like, you know, up to the 30s, I think Ings in his 30s, but, you know, Shea Adams or someone like that. Mm. Personally, I, I think that's the wrong way to go because if we do come back down, we've still got, I mean, we've still got at least two players under contract. I'm not obviously sure about the uh, the left back, but we, we've got two players there who still have that chance of progressing, even if they have, you know, even if this is a bit too much of a hurdle for them and, and they come down with those, that doesn't mean their career's over. They're not going to bounce back or anything like that. And I think they are projects. I think they are projects rather than ready-made, right, he's going into the team, but that's that position sorted. But that doesn't mean to say that they're not going to, you know, hold down a, a first-team place or anything like that. But mm. I think we are doing it we we we've not we know we haven't got any money compared to pretty much everyone else, including Luton by the looks of it. You know, they're buying a couple of players. Well and teams and I, in the championship. Yeah, <laughs> Leeds yeah, exactly, Leeds yeah. just casually chucking seven million at Ethan Ampadu. Yeah, madness. <laughs> um and but yeah, like I say, I just think that, that this is the only way we can do it and we know that you get a better price abroad than you do in England. Mm. You know, I'm sure we'd like to I mean last time we we brought in people like Freeman and Callum Robinson and stuff. And they weren't as young as these players. They were sort of at the peak. They didn't seem like they were at the peak when they played for us. But, you know, when we signed them, they were like at the peak and there were no resale value realistically or anything like that. Um, And now, you know, these three coming in, you know, one of my things on my my list, I'll not go into it, is just seeing what they're like, you know, because they could be absolutely fantastic. They could be awful. We don't know. Yeah, I am excited to see. I mean, there's... So I, I mean I don't know anything about these players, you know, just to be completely upfront. Beyond, you know, I'd never heard of any of these three before we were linked with them, because two of them play in um, non Big Five leagues. It's also yeah. kind of hard to get data on them. So I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Larouche, I'll touch on in a sec, but like Slamani and Triore, I'm 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 flying blind with those two. Like I've I've only I, I literally just YouTube clips and the odd snippet of data is the only thing yeah. you can really gauge it. Well, same I mean, with me, obviously getting the views on them. It took it, it, it doesn't. It took me ages. I was having to obviously when we were linked with them, I was looking because the small I mean, Bromby's not that small of the club, but they're still smaller mm-hmm. than most, you know, pr- uh, championship teams. And obviously, hacking. I think they get an average attendance of like six thousand or something like that. So they're not yeah. a club either. The, the, the reviews were exactly as expected from the view from you know. Yeah, these were have got potential, but. You know, the, we'll take the money because they were always going to go somewhere better, even if they're not quite ready yet. And I think that's, I think that's just the fact that they're, they're probably not going to be ready immediately. But as I said, 
I mean, you look, we spent 20 million on Sander Berger or whatever it was, mm. and he really struggled when he first came in, didn't they? Like, when he first came into the team, he really struggled and obviously got dropped for Lundstrom uh, towards, you know, just before COVID happened. Mm. Um, so it's a big ask to ask these lads to come in and say, right, that's that position nailed down. But I think we are thinking more long term and we have to think a lot more long term. And it's three young players who all, by the sounds of it, are technically really good and they'll have the chance to improve. Mm. I think also the baseline for the position that we've signed these players for, like, we're slightly weird. And maybe this is why some people found our promotion like not as exciting or whatever than uh, than previous years. But there are also we- fairly weak links in our team, aren't yeah. they? Like from last season, like especially when you take out McAtee and Doyle, as obviously we've had to do. So you know, Slomani, for example, uh, he might just he might be competing with John Fleck at this point, for all we know. Like, and so you would assume he would mm. be an upgrade on that, even as a sort of yeah. worst yeah. case scenario. Uh, yeah. LaRouche, um, you know, can he be better than Max Lowe? Uh, I, I think he probably can because Max Lowe isn't great. Like he's a okay championship player, I think. Maybe he's going to get, you know, take a big step forward this season. But yeah. based on what we've seen from him, I'd say he's no more than a good championship player. And Triore, if we, um, I'm sure we'll be using him as a forward. But our forward line is McBurney and and Jai, and then Children. And you know, perpetu- yeah. perpetually injured Brewster. So, yeah, yeah, if he's being brought in as a third or fourth choice, then you'd think that is a again an immediate upgrade there. So, even if these players aren't very good, I think they'll probably be better than what we have. I think in those yeah. roles at the moment. Yeah, I think the criticism that so I've seen some level is that maybe all three of them don't immediately go straight into the first team, and I get that. I do understand that. You go into the prem, you want to get people who are going to be straight in the team and improve you. But we're not. We're just not in that position. And, and we know we're not in that position. And I think we're, we're having to think long-term. Mm. And if one of these three come off with the money that we've paid and we sell them on for, I don't know, 50, one of them becomes like a die or an L or something like that, that'll, that'll be worth it. That, that's absolutely worth the risk. Yeah, uh, approximately 12 months ago, I had not heard of Anel Ahmed Hotsuchi, even though he'd played in England <laughs> like mm-hmm. several years before. So, yeah, yeah uh, let's let's see what they can do. I mean, just a couple of notes on these. Uh, a brilliant video of Slomani when he was at um, mm-hmm. Bromby, giving a, a very fiery team talk before yeah. a big game, where I think he, he, he literally said, we're going to go out and kill them, which... <laughs> hopefully, hopefully people didn't Jack turn Hunter's out to like, yep, that sounds like my sort of talk. <laughs> Just start fastening <laughs> the grenades to the belt. Um, went to school with Willa Sula, which is an odd one, because um, he is mm. he is Danish born, even though he's uh, he started for Tunisia at the World Cup. Just um, on Slomani, by the way, I don't mm. know if you've listened to Football Evans' podcast, it were interesting to note that uh, Slomani said that we were actually in for him in January, mm. uh, obviously with the embargo, and we couldn't sign it. And, and basically, the, the idea was if we go up, we're, we're going to sign you. If we don't, well, as we know, but we're in a right mess, so yeah. we're probably not going to sign you. So he was watching the game, sort of cheering us on like a fan, thinking, <laughs> you know, if these go up, I'm going to play in the Premier League. So, yeah, I, I like it. I like the. Uh, it's, it's good to see some personality like that from a new signing. I think, and you know, you could you, just from that one clip, you can think this guy will fit in. You know, it, it will yeah. it will fit into um, what we're what we're building at United. Um, as I said, it's hard to get data on the Danish league, although he was. Uh, he was fifth in the league for tackles the previous season. Um, he only played about half as many minutes in the season that's just finished compared to the one before. 
and the side dropped off as well. They they've been they finished in the top four the previous three years and they dropped down to eleven. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Twenty two years old, he's already played over five thousand league minutes. That's that's quite encouraging. That's that's almost um three times the minutes of our our next signing, LaRouche, who is also twenty two. So yeah, he's yeah. um yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a he's not a novice. He's been he has been playing, you know, proper football. He's obviously a full international player at the World Cup as well. So yeah, the, I, the, the, the criticism from the Bromby fans is he's not pushed on as they thought. Apparently, the season before last, he was fantastic, and then this season he's sort of stagnated. Yeah. How much is that? Is down to knowing that you know we were probably going to move at the end. I'm not saying he didn't put the effort in or anything, but it is in your mind, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? And I imagine this will probably give him an extra, you know, an extra, an extra push to get onto that next level. Mm, absolutely, uh, Yasser Larouche. So this is. Uh, this is an intriguing signing for me, A, because it's the only one you can actually find some data on, which is nice. Um, so among defenders in, in League One, he was uh, he was one of the most prolific dribblers last season. He was in the 90th percentile for progressive carries and successful take-ons, and in the 70s for progressive passes received. So he is a left-back, but he was basically play- I mean, he's a wing-back. Like that, that just profiles perfectly as a wing-back. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive numbers, not that much to write home about, but I, I quite like this idea of betting on a player who can offer something going the other way and make yeah. teams worry about us. I think when we've, you know, given that we play five defenders, if you like, notionally five defenders, I mean, it, it is five defenders if you've got Baldock at right wing back instead of yeah. Bogle, for yeah. example. And I think, Robinson, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's good to have a player like this who, yeah, can do something with the ball as well as being a defender. And I... I sort of feel like we've just kind of got by at left wing back for maybe two or three seasons now. And, uh, I, you know, there's nothing here in the numbers, I guess, that, that make me think this guy's going to be a massive success. But they do suggest that he could be something a bit more exciting than we've been trying out at wing back for a while. Yeah. 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 I think uh, it's a real shame with Norton Davies. He doesn't look like he's anywhere close. I know he went, he's gone to Portugal, but. That that's the you know I think that's he'd be perfect if, if he were on form as he was at the start of last season he'd be perfect for the Premier League I think what you need going forward and back with his energy mm. and stuff like that so while ever you know while ever he's trying to get back fit and hopefully comes back as good as he was we are going to have to you know see see who's going to fit in the best and some games will probably call for Max Lowe some games will be calling for Larouche and then maybe even Osborne there you know we have got options there it's just it's probably the weakest area of the team still though I think yeah and uh, I think it was Hemingham Hemingway said uh, still a, f- a couple of weeks before Brewster and Norton Davis are back in full training which isn't forever you know that means they're no probably- that's not too bad yeah, but it also means they miss basically the whole of preseason. So, mm-hmm. yeah, don't don't expect either to be starting against Palace. Essentially, um, Benny Traore, a, a, a total unknown, apart from like yeah. just highlight reels that we've seen. Twelve uh, fourteen from in the Swedish league, top goal scorer, and whatever you think of the Swedish league, that's still an achievement, you know. Four of them are penalties. I'll say that. So a, a third of them are penalties. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't mean to fire up the debate about whether penalties should count <laughs> as uh, when you're looking at a player's goal total. But yeah, no, that's, that's good. He is. He is we need the... a penalty taker, actually. We need a penalty taker. So, <laughs> really obviously, did. Sharp's gone. Yeah, so. we, well, we didn't score one last season, did we? So. Yeah. <laughs> now we do. Um, and yeah, you know, having someone who can take a penalty is is very helpful. But yeah, you already know. I mean, look, he's you're comparing him to all the other players in that league. He is the top scorer. He's got. Um, I think he's like. It might be top for combined goals and assists as well, so he's, he's chipped in with a couple of those. Um, but yeah, it's a total unknown. He, he looks exciting, is all I'll say. 
Um, yeah, and yeah, I am excited to see him play. Uh, He's the one out of the three that I think this might be the one that... I think by the sounds of it, just from a little bit of research that I've done, is that he was sort of... even last, He broke his leg uh, last season. Oh, boy, he were out for the beginning of last... Because their season's still going, so it's weird, but you know. It is, yeah, well, that's the other thing, yeah. Sorry, carry on, sorry. No, 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 it's just... Uh, and I think before he broke his leg, there were people looking at him, uh, even as like an 18, 19-year-old or whatever it was at the time. Um, and then obviously a lot of interest has cooled because they want to see how he's come back. And that's why we, I think that's why we've been able to strike and, and get him in. Mm. And yes, we've, uh, he's, he's come back strong. As you said, the uh, Swedish season is still, is midway through essentially. He was he was playing a you know first team league game, I think two weeks ago. It was like the 6th or 7th yeah. of uh of July and um, yeah, he's been the top scorer in that division. So, did you see his introduction video? Well, not introduction, but him in- getting introduced to the team. Uh, no, I didn't actually. A really funny bit where there's two funny bits actually. One where he comes in and McCall says, "All right, mate, uh, blah, 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 I'm Stuart, you know, sister manager, whatever." Um, just because Hacken were playing um, when he came to join the, and he goes, "Hacken are winning, so they they're not missing you much." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it's brilliant. All the players are introduced themselves. I'm John Egan. Blah blah blah. Basham just says, "Bash." <laughs> Lovely. Uh, So there we go. We finally signed some players, um, which is good. Uh, And yes, this, like I said last time, I'm I'm encouraged that we're signing players I've not really heard of, (laughs) you know, rather than known quantities. So I think now we have that chance as well. I mean, I know Dan Smith on Twitter were um, talking about if we have to use a loan for a left centre back. So obviously that fell through. I can't remember the guy's name now, but. By yeah. all accounts, we're after him. Although he's failed his medical at Union Berlin, so maybe we'll go back yeah. in for him. But if we have to use a loan, uh, a domestic loan for that, he said maybe we'll go for a free transfer in midfield. And I think because we brought so many young players in, we could probably afford to give someone a year in the Premier League if, if they're in the 30s or late 20s or something like that. Mm. Indeed. Watch this space. It sounds like uh, still more bodies to arrive. And obviously, yeah, we've we've not really... Use the loan market yet? So not a domestic yeah. one with uh, Lurushi is a is a loan to with a view to signing. Yeah, I think we're allowed another three from abroad and two from. I think the I think the domestic loans will realistically be the ones that might even decide the season if we get them right. I think we we have got a chance. Um, yeah. But obviously at the moment we have we have no idea who these two loans are going to be. No, and those domestic ones probably probably won't arrive until right at the end of the window. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, do, great. do you know when the because they keep farting around when the transfer window closes. Um, uh, does it close before the start yeah. of the season now? No. Septem- no. September 1st. September 1st, so we're about a month into the season, which is unfortunate because, you know, you'd yeah. like to get... I don't know why they do that. I don't I don't just... You know what I mean? Just do it the, even if it's the night before. Everyone get the squads. That's your squad. Yeah. Who knows? I'm assuming there's some reason. Um, some outgoings. Uh, Oliver Arblaster goes on loan to Port Vale in League One. Yeah. That's that's a really good movie. He's not had much yeah, yeah, yeah. first team football at all, of course. Um, it probably would have done last season, but he, I think he had pneumonia, didn't he? Like he had pneumonia, yeah. And obviously, when we had that massive amount of injuries, I think. He, yeah. I mean, he, he started one game didn't he, against Cardiff. I think we'd have seen him in a lot more. Yeah, or he'd have gone out on loan to a, a league team for sure. Um, yeah, it's good that yeah. he's recovered from that. I mean, uh, I'm not an elite athlete, but I did have pneumonia. Uh, Basically that same age, and it's it's not fun at all. So glad to yeah. see he's back to uh, full fitness. Um, yeah. Harry Boyce goes on loan to Wickham of League One. Uh, I think we've we touched on him before. It's quite a big season for him because he is, I think, twenty 
22 now or 21 let me just check this and he's presumably coming to the end of his contract this season as well not harry boy harry boys harry uh, boys yeah. yeah he's 21 yeah he turns 22 in november so yeah it'll be yeah it'll be coming up to 23 season for him, at the start of next season yeah. so yeah, he's um, he is a left wing back slash left back. So I wondered if he was going to be like in the mix for us this season mm-hmm. as like a third choice or something. But he's yeah. gone on loan. Finley Potter goes back on loan to Barnet of the National yeah. League. He had a really good stint there um, mm-hmm. at the end of last season. I can't believe we didn't mention this last time, mate. Jake Eastwood is no longer a Sheffield United. Oh, wow! Well, I, I just didn't want to bring it up because it's too. too <laughs> the grief is still too near. It was depressing enough the last pod, so I didn't bring that to as well. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's, uh, he's gone to Grimsby of League Two. Um, good for him. I hope he's going to start. I did see that. I had to laugh at this. Um, Grimsby signed another goalkeeper exactly the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a fair chance he's just gone there to sit on their bench as well, which sucks. I, I think, hope but... he gets something we're laughing. It's not, we're not laughing at him. We're just laughing no. at how long he's been at the club without playing a single game. He came on as a sub in one match, I believe. I think that's right. And In the uh, league, yeah. I saw him play against Leicester. we're already 3-0 down, so, yeah. <laughs> I saw him play in the League Cup once. Um, oh, cool, because Leicester did he play. Yeah, yeah, he was very good yeah. as well. Um yeah, I, I felt bad actually because I, 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 you know, you know, I did the sort of standard good luck Jake thing, and I like retweeted it with a sort of you know, there goes a club legend or something. And, yeah. And yeah. then I felt really bad afterwards. Like, oh, I hope he didn't, hope he didn't see that and think I'm like taking the mic. Like, it's... ten years, man and boy at Sheffield United. <laughs> what a servant. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's good natured. I'm, you know, clubs need backup goalkeepers, and that's what he was here, and that's why he kept going out on loan because we wanted him to, you know actually play some games so yeah he's he's gone mate no more eastwood jokes for um for us to make and uh zach brunt also permanent transfer this time we had this one Barnett. just simply because he he was one of the re- on the retain list weren't they yeah so i assume and again i think we did discuss this but i yeah. assume we we actually did he ever sign a new contract i don't know if he said all he said he was on the retain list along with uh, oh, so maybe we triggered did he extend his contract or whatever? Give him a year yeah, extension. I think, I think we might have done. Yeah, with a, yeah. with the intention of basically having a bit of control over his future. So I would imagine there is some, you know, either incentives in his deal uh, or you know the opportunities for us to re-sign him for a a cut price or whatever in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good luck to the lads, uh, particularly those who are going out on loan, and hopefully he'll be uh, back into the the mix for us in the next couple of seasons right um the kit the kit is another thing that is out and it's a beaut i, don't I know- love it right i'm really i don't know if s2 is just like full of gloom but <laughs> i was like that's a bloody really nice kit that and then i went on s2 it's like nobody can like this kit if they, if they say they are the like <laughs> but and i absolutely i love it i love it it's like the 1997 kit isn't it well, yeah, exactly, and for that reason, I was immediately like, "Whoa, what a nice shirt!" Yeah, yeah it's um, it's it is probably my favourite home shirt since that that season. Um, mm. I don't normally get excited about home shirts, to be honest, because yeah, you know, uh, red and white. Well, yeah, not not to sound like an arse. There's only so much you can do with red and white stripes, and yeah, but, yeah it, you can get it wrong, and you can get it very right, and you can just be middling. And I think I've had a lot of middling kits recently. Um, this one, I was immediately like, yes, that is a top shirt. Love it. Yeah, I love um, it. I, I mean, I don't buy shirts, to be honest, but I I, I do really like it. And I think, uh, get wads on it. Get wads on front and we'll be, we'll be yeah. laughing. It's, it's probably going to be ruined by a sponsor in the next couple of weeks, I guess. But I, I, Yeah, we still got a sponsor, obviously. And um, 
I, I, I don't know, but it's going to be that is the make or break for a lot of shirts, isn't it? I mean, it is. Decent, for instance. <laughs> I, I don't even think it was sold in England. I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, and but it were a great sponsor. I thought <laughs> <laughs> great sponsor. They really really great brought a lot sponsor. to the club. In terms of how it looked on the shirt, I thought it looked really good. So yeah, we need to do a uh, we need to do a power rankings of shirt sponsors in recent years and they uh, Chad and Noah, didn't they did their uh were it the third the best third kits and best stuff third kit. i was just unbelievable effort <laughs> that's just so niche it's a, it is yeah. a, astonishing effort that's a red off of sheffield if anyone's wondering what on earth that is um yeah i think it's a great home shirt uh obviously away away kit and third kit still to be announced i think uh not sure about a white goalie shirt mate you get some some rate grass stains on that old Wes. Well, it's not just that. I mean, as we know, Wes, Wes has a few accidents. He's, <laughs> he's going straight through in it. <laughs> Wonderfully graphic. So, uh, yeah, love the kit. Uh, I like the sound of our signings. I like the fact that Njai is still here and people are now uh, seriously rumour-mongering that he might sign a new contract with us, which would be phenomenal. And we also have other things that we're excited about for next season. Should we dip into those now? Yeah, let's do it. I enjoy doing this because, uh, I have, like I said, in the last pod, uh, there's lots of things I'm not looking forward to in the Premier League, and I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to change my opinion on that. But when I was sat in, sitting thinking about, well, what am I looking forward to? There is a lot. There is a lot. I got like up to like nine things, So, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is when you try to you know, <laughs> uh, do a list of things. I, I, there is quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, so I think we'll, we'll we'll call this ten things we're excited about because I'm sure between us we'll have at least ten. Um, mm. do, you can go first, mate. What would you like to start with? My my, this is the number one. I think for me is I listened to a football ever and Danny Allrom talking about how that COVID season has got like an asterisk next to it mm. in the sense that it doesn't really count. I don't think in most people's eyes, and I'm one of them, and I know you're one of them who would say, "Well, that didn't count," <laughs> and I really sort of really intrigued and excited to see if that COVID season was indeed just a farce and these players are more ninth place in the Premier League than rock bottom. Because I think the narrative narrative is that we stalled due to COVID and no crowds. Mm. And now we're going to get like a, a perfect chance to see how many of these players are legitimately good enough to be at this level. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what, what the players who were here last time bring this time. So, you know, what Egan, Baldock, Fleck to a lesser degree. I think Norwood Egan and Baldock in particular, there's three players who I don't think have got any worse since we finished ninth in the Premier League. I don't think their performances have really got any worse. So it'd be, I'm really interested to see how they approach it as well because as Baldock, uh, he, he did an interview where he was talking about, you know, he, he sees the season as right and a few wrongs. Mm. And I think that's really exciting because I think they'll feel robbed, you know, of, uh, of a real season in the Premier League. Mm, yeah, it's a great show. I haven't got that on my list. I've got something sort of tangential to that, I suppose. But yeah, that is a great shot. I'd, I'd throw Sander Berger into that mix as well, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he yeah. had, um, I mean, like, what, maybe three games of, of crowds? Maybe four or five, maybe. Um, mm. And then, you know, the world just went to hell, essentially. I think you could even say McBurney, who was sort of, he'd, he'd, he'd got into the first team by the, just before COVID. Mm. And even after COVID, he had two fantastic games at home to Chelsea and Tottenham. Like two of the, two of his probably best ever games, to be fair. Yeah. And even he, you know, it's, I think it's a real, for people who were there last time, as I said, they were robbed of that season, what wasn't a real season. And I, I, I can never take that season seriously. I watched the, season review for that 
that year that United Oof. released recently. Well, you know, no, sorry, not the twentieth one, the the ninth place one. Sorry. Oh yeah. And when it got to the COVID games, I turned it off uh, yeah. because it was just so depressing. Even though we had some great results beating Tottenham, Chelsea, and Wolves. It was just still depressing watching it in these empty stadiums and stuff. And yeah, I'm really excited to see how good are Baldock, Egan, Bergham at Burnie and Norwood. Are they ninth place? Are they 20th place? Mm, I like it. Um, so one thing on my list is semi-related. Uh, I'm picking out a specific fixture, and that is Arsenal at home, which is yeah. currently March the 2nd at 3pm. I'd say there's a fair chance that gets moved. And Hopefully Sky will do us a favour and move it to a Monday <laughs> Monday or a Friday night. Like Yeah. Surely someone at Sky is gonna be like, Yeah, you know that makes sense. Because United uh, against Arsenal at Bramall Lane under the lights is almost always a good game, or or maybe not a good game, but a good game for United. Um it's also set me thinking that uh we obviously beat them in the Premier League uh last time pre COVID, uh one nil at under the lights mm. again. Um, yep. In fact, that might be Monday night football, was it? I think. Possibly. Yeah, that Monday night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't go for working, so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I would yeah. suggest that that win was possibly our most impressive result with fans in the ground in the Premier League because Chelsea and Spurs, as you said, those wins were yeah. post-COVID. Yeah. You could maybe say the Man United draw, but you know, yeah, we maybe actually, we, we actually won this game. Good that season. We hammered them three 0 but it's not got the the glamour of Arsenal, has it? No, were they that good that season? Where did they finish? Or maybe they I did finish they, like I think they just finished below us, didn't they? They finished tenth or maybe even eighth. I think it was around us. You might be right. Uh, yeah, they did finish just behind us. Yeah. But it's another one. Uh, Daniel was talking about actually in that thing where we were talking about. We got him in the FA Cup, obviously, uh, mm. before COVID happened, and. He rightly says what a different game that FA Cup quarter-final had been if it had been Arsenal at home in front of 30,000 rather than Arsenal at home in the middle of the day with yeah. nobody there. Oh, <laughs> bleak. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that quarter-final because yeah. like, I, I thought we would beat them. I mean, obviously, we've yeah, yeah, taken four I, points I, off them that season already. Yeah, um, yeah so that's, that was like the main... That was the one fixture I really looked for, I think. not. I, I don't have any real... Beef with Arsenal, like they're not a rival, you know, no, no. historic rival. Obviously, Ramsdale plays for them. That's a nice little wrinkle, you know. That'll be nice. Ramsdale That'll be coming back to um, again. He's, he's not a person I particularly have. Uh, certainly, don't have Dan from Four Blades levels <laughs> beef with him. Which, again, I'm not. I'm not sure anyone else in the human race is, has that level of beef with him. But um, yeah, it's a nice. Uh, it'd be a good pantomime villain, I think coming back um, and, and like you say we don't have a rivalry against him but historically we have an unbelievably good record against him because these are how good they are pretty good pretty good yeah um what else what else are you looking forward to this is one almost like uh almost like a paradox if you like uh seeing my team in the top fly as much as i don't like the premier league which i mentioned last week i'm not going to it again um i don't want to take for granted that we we are again a top flight club because this is not a usual occurrence for us True. since I've been watching United. And I think it should be embraced. You look at teams like, I don't know, Preston, Bristol City, it Wednesday <laughs> and Ipswich. They kill for one season in the top flight just to experience it. And it is the place to be for any player or, or club. Me as a fan not enjoying it doesn't change the fact that it is the place to be. Um, and maybe I will. I love the ninth place season. But I'm also scarred by how unforgiving the season afterwards. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it isn't the place that every club wants to be. And, and as I said, I think we should be. I think I, I for one, I've done this. I'm not pointing a finger at anyone because I'm doing it. I, I've done it all pre-season. I think we sort of take taking it for granted a little bit that we're, we're we're again in the Premier League because this is not this is fairly unusual for us to bounce back this quick and have three seasons out of five in the top flight. 
Yeah, maybe maybe we're just being entitled man babies last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you might be right. And like <laughs> I say, I don't want to, I don't want it to get overlooked that, like I say, I moaned last week about being in the Premier League, and there's loads I don't like about it. But it's, it's still brilliant to see your team. One of the best twenty teams in England. It's better than not being in the Premier League. Put it like that. <laughs> I, th- I think that's. I mean, I think that's what we try to get get across, right? It's like the, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't really like the Premier League, but I'd rather be in it than not. And I think that's why. That's probably why I ended up at this kind of the mood with it. Is for me so much about last season was just getting promoted, and I was so. Um, so my my focus, like my goal for the team, if you like, was. Get it, it wasn't really get to the Premier League, it was no get promoted, get yeah. promoted, get you know, get in the top two, get the money that you know stabilizes the club or whatever. I'm yeah, you know, I was very much uh journey over destination, and that's yeah, that's another reason why I'm kind of chill about as you know, probably finishing in the bottom three is well, then we get another chance to get promoted again. And I, I love getting promoted, that's like the pinnacle as a fan, I think. Of, of but this is, I'll come on to my next one when you've done yours, that's another one that I'll, I'll expand on. What you just okay. um, so another thing I'm really looking forward to, and you, you kind of touched on it already, but specifically, how will McBurney fare back mm. in the Premier League? Because mm. I'm quite optimistic, I think. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, so. I, I was fully out on McBurney at the start of last season. I think mm. you were as well. I think we, we basically <laughs> we basically dismissed him as a player for us. Yeah. I think we were just so it doesn't even really merit discussion. Like we're just not expecting. We're expecting zero from him this season, which is obviously what he'd done for the previous season. Um, and then he played at a level that was far above what I could ever have envisioned in, yeah. envisaged in the in the championship, and he was. Basically, the best striker in the championship for that that period, where before he got injured against Rotherham, I mean, he's he's he was like running a comparison against Mitrovic the previous season, who'd broken all those records. He was actually performing better than Mitrovic had, which is insane. And it is, yeah. it obviously was a, a sort of a condensed sample because he got injured. But if he can be, you know, fit for eighty percent of the season, and you know, start. 25 games at full fitness mm. or something like that. I'm really excited to see how he gets on. I think I think he's a better player now than he was, obviously, um, when we were last in the Premier League. I think he's grown up a bit. I think we've seen that, you know, in, in the last season and the way mm. his teammates respond to him and having Heckingbottom as his manager as well seems to be um, uh, good for him personally. I think he's obviously moving on to a bit of a fitness kick in the last six months or so. Um and he dominated in in that season uh, at the end of the, 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 the Wilder's first season in the Prem. He dominated Chelsea and Tottenham in those two games. And I know that's a really small sample, but we have seen flashes that he can actually do it at this level. Yeah, so I'm optimistic. I could see I could see double figure goals from McBurney this season. If I want to hit you with a negative, though. He's uh, he's injured again, isn't he? <laughs> he is. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I was coming on to it. Um, uh, he did miss a, yesterday's game. Yeah. He had his leg in a cast apparently at the beginning of the week, which seems to happen quite a lot with McBurney. I'm sure he's he's constantly got his leg in a cast. Oh, his leg in a cast. <laughs> I mean, come on, a cast is not like a broken bone. I'm sure that's where, what he where said. have you where have we heard this? It's not like a bandage. Give me a second. Or give me one second, and I'll tell you. Where, I'll tell you where I've seen this from. I'm sure Eckingbottom said it yesterday. Uh, I mean, you don't you don't put a cast on for like three days, do you? <laughs> for weeks. Maybe he had one of those uh, protective boots or something. Uh, just. Just bear with me two seconds. Here we go. Uh, please, really, where he reacted. Yeah, he was in a cast when he first did it. 
Who Apparently, said that? Paul Ackingbottom. Right, when was the last time Paul Ackingbottom said something truthful about injuries? <laughs> no, you probably I'm, I'm sure he is injured, I believe you. Will he be out for long? And he said, I honestly don't know. Please be the initial ways reactor because he was in a cast when he first did it to take the weight off it. Hopefully we're on top of things and he's fine. Okay, that's, that's less encouraging. <laughs> but <laughs> assuming he's not injured, I am optimistic yeah, yeah, about yeah. how McBurney will do in the Premier League this season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, like I say, you never know where he can bottom. You know, he might be just... Who knows? He even admitted he were a liar on Radio Sheffield yesterday, so... <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting with progress. Yeah. Um, my, coming my, round my... to admitting he has a problem. <laughs> my next one is... Uh, the fact that we're going to be... The pressure's off, I think, to some degree. We're going to be underdogs in every game, and it should make for a less frustrated atmosphere. Um, we, I think... Last season, a lot of people complained about the atmosphere, but we also saw against West Brom how good it can be. Um, and that shouldn't be the case this year because every game we're going to go into, maybe outside of Luton at home, we're going to expect realistically, you know, we're going to be we're going to be second favourites in every game basically. Yeah. And I think that, I think that should make for a really good atmosphere. And I also think the pressure's off because, like as you mentioned, and you're, uh, you know, if we go down, you know, wow. You know, we're we're not. It doesn't. It's not the end of the club if we go down. It's not a massive disaster where we're going to be carrying this huge wage bill or anything like that. There's all worries about the contract situation and stuff like that. But I think the the signings that we've made so far suggest that we're probably going to get on top of that. I think the pressure's off, and I think you can enjoy. I, I probably won't when it comes to it because I'll be nervous and stuff. But right now, I'm looking at it thinking I can enjoy this because the worst case scenario isn't that bad. Yeah, I, I like going to games where I don't expect us to win. Um, yeah, yeah. So many times in the last couple of seasons, I just I feel like I'm watching the minutes melt away. You know, every time a opposition player takes like twenty seconds cleaning the ball on his shirt with a throw in or something, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, there goes another minute of play that we have to break this damn team down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be us. We're going to be the other way around. You know, we're going to be the team uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to trying to you know steal a steal a march on someone and then shut the game down or nick one on the counter attack. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all into that. That's why. The I'm... more times we can sing, take your time, take your time. <laughs> the better the season has been, I reckon. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. Um, I am looking forward to seeing whether Illiman and Jai, touch wood, hope he's still here, yeah. c- can be our Wilfred Zahar. So yeah. I don't mean he's going to be exactly like Zahar. I don't even particularly mean he's going to be uh, as good as Zahar. Um, but can he be our difference maker? The one player that elevates a like a bottom five team to something that can uh, bloody enough noses and pick up enough wins, nick enough clo- close games... Mm. That we end up finishing like fifteenth or fourteenth or something like that, and I believe he can. He's, he's, you know, he is a very special talent. Assuming he's still here, obviously, um, I think he'll surprise a lot of defenders. I'm really excited to see him, you know, picking up the ball just outside the box or just inside the box and and bamboozling someone. Um, yeah, can he can he be Azahara? I think there's I think there's a shot. I'm really excited about this if he stays because obviously he's our best player. We've hyped him up like me and you and, you know, fans, not in a unrealistic way, I don't think. I think he has got everything to be. But we'll see now, won't we? If he stays, we'll see he's going to play in a struggling team. He's going to be the main man. What can he do? How good is he? Mm-hmm. This is I'm really excited by that. Um, I don't think he had his best game, actually, against City in the semi-final. But as we saw against Tottenham, you know, he can. we know he's going to be good enough to play at this level. But how good is he going to be? Yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm confident it'll be the best player on our team. It's just whether I'm, I'm excited to see whether that can, you know, move the needle to the point where we're not a relegation team and we are actually a team that, yeah, finishes fairly comfortably in in lower mid table or maybe even higher in the you sort of best case like Forest last season yep. was fantastic for him. Like I think from what I saw, he was their best player. Mm-hmm. Um, people going about Brennan Johnson who were good as well, to be fair. But I thought Gibbs White was is arguably the reason that they stayed up. I think he was the one who created the most goals, and I don't know if he was the top goal scorer or whatever. I think he dies better than Gibbs White personally. So there's you know there's there's real hope there that he can be our version of that, but better. Yeah, I certainly think Njai had a better season, uh, the one that's just finished, than Gibbs White did for his the season before. Yeah, and I thought Gibbs White's season, the one before, was one of the best I'd ever seen from a United player in the championship. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. I think he'll surprise people as well. I, I, there's still a bit of unknown factor around Njai, which sounds weird because obviously he's been linked with Marseille and he's played mm-hmm. at the World Cup. But I think there'll be some defenders that will be shocked at how fast he is how good his control is how strong strong and also how smart he is at pressing as well you know I think they'll he'll be picking off a few more back passes I think sent back Mm. to the goalkeeper because yeah teams just don't seem prepared for him um so yeah I'm I'm very excited to see how he gets on please god (laughs) let us get to see how he gets on yeah uh my next one is uh maybe a bizarre one i'm really excited to see how Eki performs in the prem because i think he's arguably going to be the less spoken about manager in the league before the season everyone's going to be going on about company obviously i think rob edwards you know luton are this incredible story and he's Mm. a young manager i don't no one's going to be really talk about paul Eki, but i want to thought and he might not get the chance to manage at this level again if you look at wilder like you know what an unbelievable rise he had finished ninth and he's, as it stands, it's looking unlikely he's ever going to get back to the Premier League. And I think Eckingbottom will know that this might be the only chance he ever gets to, to manage at this level. If it goes wrong, that might be it. If it goes right, it puts him up to the next level. Yeah. And I think it's a huge season for his career, and I think he will know that. And I think he'll... I'm really excited and intrigued to see how he approaches it because he's he's got to go in with like basically a water pistol and go into a gunfight <laughs> with a water pistol. But... That doesn't necessarily mean you know football's playing on grass. It doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna we beat Tottenham. You know we mm. we beat we, the season we finished ninth. We should have been nowhere near ninth in terms of you know on paper money and stuff. And I think he'll realise that this is a massive chance for him as a manager to really establish himself. Yeah, he's still young, Hackingbottom, I which I shouldn't be yeah. surprised about because I remember I remember him playing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's only uh, he's only forty six. It was his uh, it was his birthday the other day actually. Um, yeah, you're right. This might be his only chance. Although, yeah, it could also set him up for live almost. Could be, could make his reputation massively. Um, I think it's huge for him because if we go down, no one's going to say what a bad man. I mean, he, you know, yeah. he might get fired. Who knows? Look at Wilder. No one was expecting Wilder to get whatever happened, sacked or walked, whatever. Oh God! At that the start of that piece. season, can you imagine? Yeah, that that, that were, that's incredible. So if he makes a fist of this, I think his reputation just goes up. That you know, a real notch and. Mm. I think this is massive for him. If we go back down and we keep him, no one's going to point the blame at him and say, we're a bad manager. They're going to say, well, you know, Sheffield United didn't spend any money. But I think if he keeps us up, it could be huge for him. I think he goes, he really does start, you know, getting into a level of the best English managers, which considering this is a guy who got sacked at Hibernian or whatever, three years ago, huge turnaround. Yeah, indeed. Um, I I think you're spot on about, he'll be the least talked about manager Mm. Uh, not just to the promoter teams, but in the entire league, surely. I mean, yeah. 
unless he does something that <laughs> I don't know if he starts on. I don't know Thomas Frank or something. Well, he smashed like. the dugout up, didn't he at Chelsea? Uh, at Chelsea, Chesterfield. Chesterfield sorry, um, what's that about? <laughs> I thought that some of the Chesterfield fans about this were absolutely pathetic. Like he's going to have to pay for it. It's like about fifteen pound, mate. Like I'll pay for it. I'll, I won't. In case it's got <laughs> yeah, it. We've got to clarify that. But you know what I mean. Let's not let that go over the top. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he. I mean, why? How would he? Heck, he won't break the dugout. I don't think the best did. thing about it is the Chesterfield fan who first shared it described it as smashed up the dugout <laughs> <laughs> in <laughs> rage. And all sorts, yeah, uh, United only, <laughs> United only beating Chesterfield 3 0 or whatever it was. It was something to do with, I think, what happened is we gave we. We gave the ball away, or, or something happened towards the end, and I think he hit the you know, like a frustration, and, and because it would, it just went through. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Come on, Hecky, don't do not do that in the Premier League, you'll get <laughs> big old touchline ban. Um, something else I'm looking forward to can we can we have a moment against Liverpool or Man City? So, when mm. we got pro- since promotion to the Premier League in 2019, we've played uh, the best two teams over that span. I know Arsenal finished second last season, but mm. that was a weird one for Liverpool. Certainly in yeah. this span, Liverpool and Man City have been by far the two best teams. We've played them five times. We've lost five times. We've scored zero goals. Mm. Can we make a mockery of what we said last week about some games we're just going to have no chance in and Do score you know a meaningful goal against one of these two teams? Yeah. Yeah, do you know what? I think you what you, the stats that you've just said—they say stats don't lie, but they do to a degree. Because I think we've played so well in those games that you're talking about. Mm. I think they were even in the the relegation where we were rubbish. We played well against Man City both times. We lost one nil, you know, to, in both games. And Liverpool, we went one 0 up at Anfield. Yeah, excuse yeah. me, I said I said no goals scored. Um, we did. Oh, score. sorry, yeah, you did. Sorry, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we scored yeah, a penalty yeah, in, in. We could that have been one. two 0 up, but Bernie missed an absolute sit, if you remember, as well at one 0 <laughs> um, and it could have been two 0 I think we competed really well in all. We got hammered, to be fair, at home to Liverpool in the relegation season, but that was just a mess of a team by then. Mm. We've done so well against those teams and not not got any, any reward for it. So yeah, maybe. It would be unbelievable just taking a point off either of them, wouldn't it? I mean, even taking the lead or like equalising against them—that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, that would be uh, uh, quite an experience, I think, because those, particularly City, are just absolutely yeah. elite, aren't they? As we obviously yeah. showed last season, including in a game uh, against us. So, um, yeah, can we can we have a real, you know? Uh, fan excitement moment against Liverpool mm. and Man City, even if it doesn't lead to any points at the end of the day. Um, it's mad that one of the best scenes of that uh, first Premier League season was Moussa scoring against City, and it got disallowed. But that was incredible. <laughs> You're like, we're, I'm, we, we, this is how good we are. We, we win at the Etihad. We haven't yeah, lost yeah. away at that point either. So we saved a penalty against. Uh... Did Guerrero miss a penalty or something? Yeah, Jesus uh, missed a penalty. Yes, uh, I think about forty-five yards off his line, and <laughs> somehow <laughs> yeah. overturned. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, give, give us that, that was the closest we came to excitement, I suppose. A, a VAR disallowed goal and a safe penalty. Um, yeah, give me a meaningful goal in a game where there's some people in the stadium yeah. this season. I'll be very happy. Well, my final one is sort of going on, following on a little bit. Um, what I'm excited about is just the best teams in the country coming to the lane. Best teams in, in the world mm. is going to come to Bramall Lane. And I, I said last week, I hate the gap you get in the Premier League, but there's no doubt playing Man City, Man U, Liverpool, Arsenal, even Spurs, Newcastle. You know, they feel like bigger games than anything we had last season. Last season, we were like, oof, got Burnley this week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no offence to Burnley, they're the same as us, but... 
it does make a it does definitely feel like a bigger occasion when the bigger teams come, which is understandable. And although I don't like the fact that you've got little chance of beating him, if as you've said, if you do beat him, you're the talk of the weekend. You're like it, it, on football, you know, all weekend you're going to be mentioned and shot today. Sheffield United beat Manchester City, you know. So, <laughs> nice. well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know what I mean. That, that's the if you happen to beat one of these teams, it, it, it definitely feels like a bigger win than beating West Brom or you know Middlesbrough or something like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean that Man U draw that I talked about, the three all, mm. that is probably one of my favourite like games that I've ever been to. I think you know yeah. I wouldn't I would say it was my favourite United memory because we've obviously won games that I would put ahead of that, but as pure entertainment and emotion and you know, like an exhilarating ride. That was, you know, definitely yeah. in like the top five games I've ever been to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're spot on, mate. Right, I've got a, I've got a couple more to run through. So, have you exhausted your supply? I've, well, you took taken a couple, me, but I've got one more. But I'll let you go. You might mention it yourself. Okay, doke. I'm excited to see who is the next Billy Sharp. So, mm. the player who leads, the big personality. The one that fronts up as the face of this side in adversity. So Egan doesn't really strike me as this kind of player. Not a you know, it's not a slight on him, even though he, despite being the captain, I don't mean that as a slight on him. Um, could it be in Jai? Could it be Norwood if he's playing enough? Could it be McBurney, the fa- you know the 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 leader, if you like the the yeah on yeah, field and off field leader. Did you say Ben Osborne? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Basically, he played, he played up front yesterday. But I didn't see the game yesterday, but apparently he played up front for a little bit. So maybe he's the the next Billy Sharp. Now I get what you mean completely. Sort of Billy Sharp. Every time you saw United being advertised on a game last season on Sky, it were always Billy Sharp's face. Where mm. <laughs> you know that the juice of. I don't know what you mean. We need a new face of the club and a, you know, someone who sort of sums up the the club. I imagine it'll be Endai to begin with. If he goes or whatever, or you know, it doesn't happen for him. Really interested to see actually who's going to be the the could one. Be McBurney could be McBurney. Could be McBurney. I, I'm it just could... thinking like Enjai is quite uh, he's quite reserved, and he you know is yeah. a, a uh, like off field. He's quite a private man. He seems to be, and he I don't mm. recall him doing many interviews or anything like that sort of post match. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm talking about like the because we're obviously we're going to have tough times next season. It yeah. is going to be hard, and who's the player that you know is is putting out the right note, you know, the sound bites that the fans want to hear about, you know, with, with could be George. Could be he, George Bullock. Yeah. I've, I've done him a disservice. Really well. Not yeah. mentioned. Maybe Slamani based on that. Uh... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bernie, um, should probably mention Chesterfield got the captain's armband, didn't he? At, uh, at one point, which are like, I love that. I absolutely love McBurney being captain. Um, yeah, that is exciting. It's interesting actually that because, as you said, we're going to have a tough time. But Baldock mentioned this in his interview, funnily enough, uh, mm. while I listened to yesterday, where he said, you, what they got, where it went wrong last time is they lost five or six in a row and they started panicking. Mm-hmm. And he said, you have to accept in this league, you probably, no matter how well you play, you're probably going to go to a period where you lose four or five in a row. Yeah. And they need to accept that. And it, he spoke really well about it. It made me think, yeah, you know what I mean? That that makes sense that even as fans, we're going to have to accept, doesn't matter how well we play in certain games, it's going a little bit of brilliance and we're probably going to lose the game because that's just the Premier League. But that doesn't mean you're over, you know. That that you might lose game four, game five. Mm. As long as you win game six and seven, it's, it's not a disaster. Look at Forest last season; how long, how, they were bottom of the league. I think they had one point after like seven games or something like that, and they 
to be fair, they stayed up fairly comfortable in the end. Yeah, Southampton made an entire career out of it for like four years, didn't they? Where yeah. They just, they just didn't win a game in the second half of the season. And yeah. as it happens, they they just stayed sort of steadily bad last we season. We can't and that's do what, what we did last time, though, and get it to like 20 games. Yeah, 20 games is taking a mickey. I was listening yeah. to uh, the latest Four Blades in the pub the other day, and they... I think they were trying to remember when we won our first game, and uh, one of them optimistically said December, and then I think yeah. they modified it, it modified it to somewhere around Christmas. I think it was February, wasn't it? February, yeah, February. We, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that were horrible. I mean, that's <laughs> I me. Mean, if you're leaving it that long, forget about it. But I think what well, obviously the point is, I mean, I think the, the what sort of good it's exciting and it's also a little bit worrying that our f- first run of games outside of Man City are all games that you. You could see us winning yeah. if we're going to stay up, but we're not going to be. You wouldn't have thought we're going to be at full pelt because obviously as the season goes on, you improve. So, uh, but if we do lose those first three or four, it's not. It doesn't necessarily mean you're definitely going down or anything. Indeed, twelfth of January that was actually so slightly. Twelfth of January, yeah, still a long time. It's like sixteen, seventeen games. Um, is an El Ahmed Hodzic Premier League class? This is what I've got. This is my other one. Uh, what I've actually put is. How good is he? Because we, yeah. I've seen people sort of debate his defensive quality, um, neutrals and stuff as well. When I do the view from, but we just against Tottenham when he played that sense, you know, central role, he were absolutely fantastic. And mm-hmm. he's gonna have to do more defending this year, and we're gonna see how good of a defender he is. We know he's got it going the other way. Really excited to see him in the Premier League. I think he should step it up as well. Yeah, there's another uh, youngish player. What is he, like 23, I think? Um, so, mm. yeah, he's, again, that's sort of it. I'm, I feel like I've banged on about eight players' ages loads in this one. He's 20, <laughs> 24 now. But, yeah, yeah, of an age where you'd think he will be getting better season by season. Um, it was a phenomenon last season. He just absolute joke of a player in the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can he, can he be a Premier League quality central defender? I don't mean, you know, go and play for Man United or anything like that, although... That's probably not the worst case scenario for Sheffield United either. If that's what happens, but, um, <laughs> no, no. but can you be a yeah? Can you be our best central defender? Um, which is, I think, is a reasonable bar to to clear. You know, I think Egan is a good Premier League defender. Um, we'll see with Jack Robinson. I guess I think he can be okay at this level. Uh, yeah, and then the other way as well. You know, if he can if he can stick four goals away, five goals away, something like that, that could be absolutely massive for us. I mean, we only scored. What was it, 38 or 39, I think it was, that, that season where we finished ninth in the Premier League. So if you can get yeah. four or five from a central defender, um, yeah, could be could be huge for us. I think so, it's fair to say, and I think this is true for any promoter, well, most promoter clubs, the, the, if we struggle next year, it's going to be because we haven't scored enough goals because it's so hard to score goals. I think defensively will, will be as good as you know a lot of bottom half teams. Yeah. And we're going to need goals from everywhere. We're going to need someone to come through and do a Lundstrom and get us five goals from midfield. We're going to need another five from like Fleck. I think he got five that season as well. We're going to need centre-halves to score. We're going to need John Egan to get rid of his square head. <laughs> you know, get us a goal at home, John. Um, you know, he's going to, seriously, though, he's going to have to be far more clinical, I think, if we're going to stay up. Because set-pieces are going to be pretty big for us, I would have thought. Um and an L's going to be huge in, in both areas of the pitch, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, talking to centre-backs, one other thing I'm looking forward to is the first legal Jack Robinson reducer. <laughs> 
the first one he doesn't he, he puts in and doesn't get sent off for. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be exciting I'm to see. I'm looking forward to his long throw because we didn't really get to see it much in the Premier League, did we? I wonder we if we'll lean up. into it more with being yeah. in the Premier League, knowing well, that we. I think we used it enough under Wilder. I don't know why mm. that was, um, but Ekimbottom seems more. I don't think we use enough under Ekimbottom, so I'm, I'm curious to see if we use it more. Yeah, I just think like I mean we never got the chance against Man City because we didn't really get near their goal after the first. No, minute, I think we li- didn't we like literally have three throw-ins in that game. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see because you know I, a ball be I, I don't know. You see Rory Delap is still spoken about today, <laughs> isn't he? Um, and there's a reason for that because it's hard. It's, it's not pretty to watch, but you have to be really strong to defend properly good long hard throws and. Uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how, for instance, shaky Tottenham do or Chelsea or something like that. Oh, yes. Bring it on, yeah. I mean, I remember, I, I don't know if we, I think we might have scored from it against Arsenal in that cup game, the behind closed doors one. I don't I know if we scored from it, but yeah. We, we definitely, we there were at yeah. least two or three times we very nearly scored from a Jack yeah. Robinson long throw. I mean, come on, Arsenal under lights at Bromel Lane, Jack Robinson winding up for a long throw in. Brilliant. Just, just. just Give us the goal now, mate. It's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, one other small thing, I suppose. I maybe should have chucked this in earlier, but I'm uh, maybe more interested than excited, but very interested to know what Asula and Jebison are up to this season. Uh, what, you know, what will they do this season? It might not be with us, you know, particularly Asula, who, who only has that half season at Derby um, last season as like mm. serious football, and he wasn't a regular starter there. But it's a big season for both players. I'd, I'm, I'm sure one of these players will go out and learn. As soon as obviously, um, I mean, everyone's involved in these friendlies because they're doing uh, two teams for each 45 yeah. minutes, aren't they? Um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I think I said this a, a couple of months ago. Like, I could see a situation where Asula overtakes Jebison. He looks like he has a bit more of the raw talent, I suppose, like the raw physical traits in I'm terms really of excited by Asula and I know people bring up the fact that his finishing has been really poor to be I, fair I, this is massively overplayed so I didn't see the Chesterfield game uh, and I watched the highlights afterwards because I saw his miss like three I think Deadbite said his miss like three one-on-ones or something yeah so I, I don't sorry Dave I don't mean to I don't mean to pick you out <laughs> specifically for this and I thought oh he's gonna have like shanked them all or something like, keep a save two of them I mean but, but know, this he, is following on from the Birmingham game at the end of last season where he could have got an hat trick in the space of 10 minutes and, and obviously just <laughs> I didn't see that game either fair enough. but yeah. what what is bizarre is in the in the under 23s is a really good finisher I mean Mr I've seen him miss few chances but he is a really good finisher in that league not too worried about that not too worried about it. he's a young lad and he, he will have been you know panicking a little bit even in friendlies because he's, he's, he's in the first team of a premier league team even if it's just a friendly um but i'm really excited by him and the way he just ran past in that that break in the in the chesterfield game just you know just left him for dead and yeah i don't know i'd like them both to go on in an ideal world but i think at least one of them's gonna have to stay I mean, I hope one of them stays. I want to. I want to see one of these two players mm. develop with us now. Um, I think yeah. I'm sure Jebison will be the one that sticks around. And he had some promising showings last season. He had such a disrupted season, didn't he, with suspension for that stupid Rex and red card, and then he yeah, uh, yeah. got injured, like just as he'd gone on international duty. I think not yeah. long after that. Um, yeah. But like dotted around that with some quite impressive appearances up front. So. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's exciting to see if one of those, one or maybe even both of those two, become like a a genuine first team player in the next sort of eighteen months. You would know, I mean, you feel like something's probably gone wrong if we're back in the championship and Jebison is not 
at least a third choice striker for us. Yeah, but... and it's interesting. We obviously it was our it was our first choice pick when we played Man City, Jefferson. And I think there's going to be games where we're going to be able to, under the cost big time, and it might not be the game for someone like McBurney. It may be mm. Jefferson or even a Soul as the one you know playing yeah. the Moose role, if you like. Well, maybe Triore has been brought in with that yeah. in mind, so that yeah. might depress Jefferson's chances a bit. But yeah. Um, yeah, big season for certainly for Jefferson. I think it's a, it's an exciting season for a Sulu who's probably going to go and if he does go on loan, I'm sure we'll be finding mm. a a team that he can start. At. I think that's the thing we've done with like. Our blaster and um, is it on boys? Where it may be ideally he'd want those to go and play in the championship, but we want them to have minutes, don't we? We're very big on this as a club. We want to we want to make sure these players are going somewhere where they're going to start every game yeah. and play almost every minute. So, yeah, I would hope we try and do that with a Sula. I think it was a. I was really into that him going to Derby last season. Like I thought that was a really good move. Obviously, McGoldrick was there. They were going to be a a team challenging from promotion was the expectation. Yeah. Paul Warren. Uh, was the manager, but in hindsight, I think he needs to go somewhere and be like the top dog. You know, he, he probably wants to go to a, a lower League One team almost with. Oh yeah, it, oh, Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> They've got even less players than we had this time last yeah. week. I think. No, no, I agree. I mean, like this, why I think uh, Port Vale's a great move for our blaster because obviously they were, you know, they, they weren't challenging last season. Mm. So you think he's probably going to come into the team and and he should be playing if he's there for the season, twenty games at least. I would have thought, and that's what we need for Sula. So I, I sort of scoffed at uh, Bristol Rovers being interested in him, but you know the, what you've just said is completely true, and that might be a good move for him, someone like that. Yeah, uh, they they league one on the Bristol Rovers. Yeah, Bristol Rovers. Yeah, Joey Barton though. So you know, let's not. <laughs> oh, God, that mad is. <laughs> Add him to the list of uh, ex footballers who've headed too many footballs. I think with uh, Ricky Lambert's joined those ranks in the last couple of weeks, has not he? Fascinating. I don't want to... I think John of Four Blaze said he could do a podcast about Matt Letizia. Let's hear it. I'd love to hear that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe one for the international break for them. Yeah. Um, that's that's all I got, mate. That's a good, I'm sure we hit ten things between us there. I wasn't keeping count. Sorry, but there's plenty to look forward to next season. Yeah, what's what I'm moaning about? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by everything I said last week. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm yeah, more I'm excited. Down, <laughs> you want sorry. I said, we're still definitely going down. <laughs> yeah, we probably still are. But, you know, we only have to be better than three teams or, you know, less worse than three teams. I'm, I'd be amazed if we're not one of the five or six worst teams this season, unless we really strike gold Which is in the not a slight, This is not a slight. I think someone tweeted us and said, I hope the players aren't less in. I mean, this is the Bulldogs interview. He knows. Yeah. He says, like, you know, the, the aim is to be a Premier League footballer next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the aim. If we manage that, that is as good for us as winning a, a cup. Yeah, that, if we... Uh, that hard to do to stay up. For full-time whistleblowers against Spurs, whenever it is, mate, game game 38 at home, and we've, we're a Premier League team, I'm going to be out celebrating like we've just won promotion. Exactly. That's exactly. How, how big an achievement it would be. I really it's hope not, that comes That's up. not knocking the team. You look at the teams who come up. I mean, unless you've got your like Brentford with this... Bizarre model they've got that works. Brighton with the billionaire chair- chairman. Yeah, that'd be helpful. Yeah, it's it's so 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 difficult. Look at Norwich. You know, even people like West Brom who are yo-yo clubs. It's so hard to stay in there. And if we manage to do it this season, I think Eckingbottom, yeah, he's up there. Uh, Build with the statue. Best managers. Get the statue. Yeah, the get statue the statue of him uh, tearing up Sharp's contract extension. 
Or smashing the Chesterfield dugout. <laughs> yes, that's much better. All right, mate. We've uh, we've talked for a good old while, so uh, it is time to to wrap up. But yeah, things are, things are moving. They're looking more uh, more promising. And Jai sticking around is yeah, such a cliche, but that will probably be the best bit of business we do this summer. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm excited to see these three new lads. We've got Rotherham at home. Um, I, I'm sorry. Rotherham away on Tuesday, is it? Yeah, we're both yep. going to the aren't we? So, yeah. yeah, so I got my tickets for that. I'm looking forward to that. I, I don't, uh, as, as you probably talked, because we've barely touched on the two friendlies. Uh, I'm really not that fussed about... No. I, I just don't think you can learn anything from friendlies. When was the last time we looked good in a friendly? Like, we lost a scum for 3-0 last season, then I think we followed that up by losing to Barnes like 3-2. Yeah. And I remember the forums, and the, oh, it's going to be a tough season. And I'm thinking, even then I was thinking, this is not... This, you, please remember under Atkins we went completely we were undefeated I think we drew Newcastle in that final game we looked brilliant and we were awful Not it's all about minutes and Hal tweeted today um, that uh, all games should be free uh, friendlies um, I disagree I think all games oh. no I disagree I think all games should be behind closed doors and us fans can't get to see them simply because too many people take it seriously <laughs> and, and cause a massive panic so Ban friendlies. So what, <laughs> like you can't, they're not even streamed. Like you just not have to... streamed. You can't. If you, you I let, let people go because it's a good chance to get. You know, like the the, the lads have gone to Portugal. Lads and lasses have gone to Portugal. Fantastic. I'd love to do it one year. Uh, I was going to Rotherham. Get to see. I've never been to Rotherham ground. That's quite the same as it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But don't stream them because people get too uptight about them. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Friendlies for me as a fan is. Uh, going to grounds that I've not been to before or rarely get to go to. And yeah, that's that's why Rotherham uh, has unusual levels of appeal for me. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'll probably, I don't think I'm bothering any, any of the other friendlies this summer, um, but I'm hoping there's a few development friendlies. Development yeah, friendlies at at lock, I I'm going to stop that, um, but that is, as you said, Jabberdale beer drinking thing after, so... <laughs> yeah, well, don't, don't talk about drinking, mate. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. We've, got a, we've got a slap <laughs> on the wrist for... Talking about alcohol last time, so I'm joking, Mr. Person that gave us a slap on the wrist for saying that we liked <laughs> having been before the match. Anyway, mate, my, my daughter's wigging I out. Can I can hear her, I can hear her. She's just like, get a move on, come on. We've been talking ages. <laughs> we have, yeah. Uh, new Maidly episode out last week, was it? Or this week? Euro Trash. Yeah, Euro Trash out uh, last week. Um, so I'll check that out. And we recorded a I thought we'd play it safe after your old trash and do a Bernard Manning documentary that someone saw. <laughs> um, that was a really difficult one to, uh, to do. So, yeah, check that out. Yeah. Little one on Twitter or the places you get this podcast. And, uh, yeah, we've got the three view froms on the players and uh, mixed on all of them. Traore is probably the best out of the three, but always interesting to see what Google Translate brings up, if nothing else. Yeah, indeed. Well, that's, yeah, that is one of the things I'm looking forward to about going to. Rotherham is actually seeing them play, even if it's a fairly meaningless, mm. be, uh, meaningless yep. game. Um, nice one, mate. Well, yeah, that's Living With Maidley is the podcast. And yeah, at uh, roysviewfrom.com for the views and at Panchero for you on Twitter and at Bladespod for me on Twitter. And yes, we'll we'll get out of here. We'll uh, we'll talk after that Rotherham game, shall we? We'll uh, yeah, yeah. Take, take in that one and we'll be another... What day is it? It's Thursday. So we'll be almost a, almost a week on. Hopefully we have some delightful news from... Um, on the enjoy front and uh yeah. yeah we'll take it from there all right mate thank you very much for helping me get excited about next season i appreciate it and uh i will catch up with you very soon yeah see you later bud thank you <laughs>